0: This is Novel Marketing. I'm James L. Rubart, and with me, of course, is Thomas Umstead, Jr., owner of Author Media, author of Courtship in Crisis, director of marketing for Enclave
1: Publishing, marketing genius. No, he does not sleep often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Jim. Although I do sleep quite a bit because those things exhaust me.
0: Yes, indeed. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling
1: authors, but also... ...for authors who want to make money. That's right. We are on part two of our series, How to Become a Career Writer. So uh, if you'd like, uh, you can listen to part one first, which is episode 75. We're going to be talking about how to make a career out of your writing. So you're not a starving artiste, but you're actually an author who has money that comes in from your writing... uh, ...and that you can use to pay bills like rent or mortgage or food because apparently those are important. Um, So in this episode, we're going to continue talking about that. And we're specifically going to talk about how to make maximum money on your book itself. So when most people go ahead. Well, I I was just going to
0: say this is going to be an extremely short episode because here's how you do it. What you need to do is write a bestseller that sells around 10 to 15 million
1: copies. (laughs) And really, you're you're done. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for listening. This show's been brought to you by My Book Table. No, we're we're kidding, of course, because here is the deal: you can't even just write a best selling book. So to get on the New York Times best selling bestseller list, you need to sell around fifty thousand copies in a relatively short window. So let's say you write a book and it goes gangbusters for two weeks. You sell fifty thousand copies. You are on the New York Times bestseller list, and let's say it's traditionally published. So you've sold fifty thousand books. Each one of those books, you've made eighty cents on. Let's say. So you've brought in maybe $40,000, $45,000 from being a best selling author. New York Times best selling author is only bringing you in $40,000. That's a teacher's salary in like rural Idaho. That's um, <laughs> not exactly uh, the kind of money most people think of as a career author. And that's at New York Times best selling numbers. And so. It has to be a runaway bestseller to make money that way. So, Thomas, are you saying there's not money in this thing? <laughs> there, there can be, uh, but it's what's called a Pareto distribution, where a tiny percentage of the people make a vast percentage of the total profits. Uh, so we're going to talk about... Other ways other than writing a runaway bestseller. So one of the nice things about writing is there's always the potential that your book catches fire. And one of the frustrating things about the industry is that it's really hard to tell ahead of time if a book is going to catch fire or not. Um Basically, publishing companies are gambling because they can't tell ahead of time if a book is is lucrative. There's the famous stories of you know, all the books that turned down Harry, all the companies that turned down Harry Potter, and then there's the other stories of them spending millions of dollars on books that are total flops. <laughs> so um, we're going to assume, and don't take this personally because we don't know you, dear listener, we're going to assume that your book is not a runaway, bestseller we're going to talk about how to other ways of making money on the book itself
0: yet yet so we're going to have you making money uh,
1: before it becomes a bestseller that's right so the other way of uh, a runaway bestseller the other easy way to make a lot of money on your book is to create a popular series self-published and make it perma-free so that you're constantly bringing in new readers from the fact that the first book in the series is free and the nice thing about this is that you're making more money per per copy. So traditionally published books, you're only making 80 cents to a dollar a copy, whereas a self-published book you can make four or five dollars a copy uh, depending on the price point and what uh, the Rev share arrangement is. And so it's a lot easier to turn five dollars a copy into a living wage than it is to turn 80 cents a copy into a living wage. The math, once you start doing math, the numbers just are it's much easier to make them bigger numbers, even if the total number of units is lower. So Jim, give us some tips on uh, making the most of your book profits themselves. One of the ways is to publish prolifically. Get a lot of product
0: out there because each book boosts sales for your other books. As we've said often, the best advertisement for your next book is a big brochure called your previous book. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, if people like it, they are going to buy your next book. And with eBooks in particular, you can adjust and put content in the back of the book. For example, on my Kindle, as soon as I finish a book, most authors will have a link to my other books. And Kindle itself, I've got an HD Fire, even Kindle itself tells you, without even asking, tells you other books that this author has written. This
1: is really important. How fast you write, is really critical to how much money you make because if it takes you two or three years to write a book and you're wanting that book to cover your entire income, and in later episodes we'll talk about other ways of making money, but let's assume you want the book to cover your entire income, that one book that you write every two or three years has to bring in not one year's salary which is already pretty hard with a single book. It's got to bring in multiple years' salary. So suddenly you're needing a lot of money and you're needing the discipline to not spend that money. And I was talking with a literary agent, a friend of mine, and he was talking about how he, he'll sometimes get these incredibly huge contracts for his clients and they will go out and blow all of that money on a fancy you know, car or a fancy vacation or some sort of extravagant expense. And... You know, a year later or a few months later, they're, you know, begging for more money. It's like you just got a hundred thousand dollars. What happened to it? <laughs> and they're like, wow, I spent it. What else do you do with a hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's gone. Like, oh my gosh, that's uh, that's not good. You need to you need to save it. So that's one of the benefits of self publishing. Actually, is that you get your money in smaller pieces, so you don't have to be quite so disciplined in the saving. But it really is important to write a lot of books and to write books frequently. So you're not needing each book to do quite so much heavy lifting. And I will say of the career authors that I know that one of the things that they have in common, the ones who are well fed, is they're able to write quickly. Uh, Often they have a system of outlining stories that they use. Susan May Warren is a good example of this. She has this system that she teaches at uh, My Book Therapy. and She's not paying us to sell this, but uh, I've seen the results from her students, and they're able to create a higher quality book, and they're able to create that book faster, which is so important when it comes to being able to put food on the table.
0: In this day and age of binge TV watching, remember when binge used to be a bad thing <laughs> And nowadays? Oh, I love binge, binge watching TV. But we have this expectation of the next episode, I can access it almost immediately. And that happens with books too. I, the Five Times I Met Myself, my latest novel came out in November. And I started getting emails from people two weeks after it came out. Hey, when's your next book coming out? And I said, oh, at The Five Times I Met Myself, it just came out. No, no, no. We've got that one. We've finished it. We're ready for the next one. And so that, that, that's a challenge for authors. But if you have that expectation looking long term and you can build that into your own expectations of yourself
1: to consistently get product out, it will help you. Now there's pushback anytime we talk about writing quickly, and we may earn some of our first one-star reviews or three-star reviews on this episode, because there's a certain kind of author who thinks that writing quickly undermines the quality of the book, and it can if you're taking shortcuts. But yes. true excellence, in my opinion, equals quality plus speed. Anyone can create quality if they have enough time. There's the you know saying that the dictionary that a monkey could create the works of Shakespeare. Uh, Given enough time in a typewriter, I don't think that's true. My views of chaos theory make that impossible. But, But there is some truth in it that with enough time, anyone can create quality. But true excellence is being able to do quality work very quickly, like with electrician you hire a beginning level electrician, and it takes them two hours to do the work, they charge you less on an hourly basis. But you call in a master electrician, and they're able to do that same work in 15 minutes, and probably at a better level of quality, because they have so much more experience, that master electrician is going to charge you for it, you know, because that they have they've achieved that level of excellence. And so as you are building yourself as a writer, this is one of the things you want to work towards is learning how to write quickly. And Quickly may be the wrong word here. Brandon Sanderson, who I talk about a lot. I really like him as an author, and he's super prolific. He came out with a book in this month and in, in uh, January. He came out with a, he's coming out with a different book in February, and he came out with a book in October. And he's working on this in this huge book that's due out uh, later. And he says his secret is that he's not fast, but he writes every single day. He's very consistent, and he outputs consistently. And that is one of the things I found with professional writers is they treat it like a job, and whether they're feeling it or not, they sit down, they shut up, and they write. And they do that every single day, and after a while, they've strung enough paragraphs into chapters, enough chapters into a book that they have something worth selling, and they keep doing that over and over again until suddenly they're making a living as an author.
0: And uh, I get this question a lot from from authors. How did you write your first book? Because you had two young sons, you were running your business. How did you get your first novel done? And I said I committed to writing twenty minutes a day. You can do anything twenty minutes a day. I committed to that twenty minutes. Now I will say that often that twenty some uh, you know would turn into forty minutes, but I got at least twenty minutes in every day. So anybody that tells me I just don't have time to write, I'd say, boy, add up the time you're watching TV every week, and I guarantee you're going to find at least 20 minutes in there. So it can be done, but just do it consistently.
1: Another tip here is to write early. If it's the first thing you do in the day, one, you have more creative energy. There's a lot of studies that show that energy is tied to glucose and willpower and creativity, and you have the greatest reserve of that at the beginning of the day. The other advantage of writing early in the day, though, is that if chaos happens, crises happen. If you have a kind of life where there's lots of crises, whatever crisis happens today, you've already gotten your writing done. <laughs> so you're able to hit the crises of the day, knowing that your big rocks have been put into the jar already, and you're, you'll, you'll feel better about yourself um, doing writing first. I can't tell you how many authors I know who wrote their first few books from like 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, before the kids got up. And Then once their books were successful, they were able to, you know, move to part time with their job and they slowly were able to find more time in the regular part of the day. But their initial writing was done early. And some authors, like Stephen King, it's the first thing he does every day. He he gets up and he writes and it's working for him. (laughs) (laughs) It's working I have the yeah, it's
0: working a little bit for him. I have this theory, and I'm sure quantum physics will at some point prove this to be true. But I have this theory that when you do the big rocks first, then time
1: expands later on in your day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true and there's a lot to be said about having that being able to put the writing out of your mind and focus on the other things you have to do to, in the day is very helpful. Uh, the next tip is to learn how to sell. So we're talking about how to make more money on your book itself and and with your books in general. And um there comes a, so there's two sides to this. There comes a time when you need to put That book aside and move on to the next book. So I see a lot of indie authors who are really pushing this book that's two years old, three years old. And it's like, buddy, the best thing you can do to help sell that two-year-old book is to write a new book. (laughs) It will promote the old book and it will give you something new to sell. So all the people that you've talked to already, you can sell them something different. But learning how to sell is such an important skill. So, the New York Times puts together this list and it's the New York Times Best Writers List, right? That's what it's called, right, Jim? That is it? Crickets, no, that's not what it is. It's the New York Times Best, dot, 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 seller's Sellers list. list. So, learning how to sell, learning how to pitch your book, and I realize this is a bit of a self serving point because by listening to this podcast, you're learning how to do that. You know, please stay subscribed. Um, but there are other ways that, to learn this as well. You know, investing. Go to Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com for those of you in the 21st century and buy a book on sales. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learn learn how to sell. Uh, the best book on sales that I've ever read. I can recommend this, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Is Go Givers Sell More? It is a non sleazy. Way of selling that I really like. I really aspire to this form of sales, and it's very effective. Um, and it's based off the book "The Go Giver," which is a short parable, and it's about serving other people through your sales. So it's not about me; it's about them. And if your product's not right for them, you know, you find a product that is, even if it means recommending your competitor. So that in every interaction, you're benefiting others. And if that's your approach to sales, one, you'll feel better about it yourself, and two, it's more effective. So it's it's a win win. Go give it's her a, some. More. It's,
0: it's a great book. It really is a great book, and and because it's told in parable, it's one of those books using story, and story sticks with people. Um, and I think that's a book that will stick with you. And it, it, sales has a negative connotation. When most people hear the word sales, they think yeah, used car salesman or a uh, tin man trying to sell you windows you don't need. So I- instead of thinking you need to learn how to sell. Uh, Think of it in these terms. I need to learn how to help people more effectively. And if you do that,
1: the sales will come. That's right. Okay, the final tip is to use Amazon affiliates or affiliate programs in general. Now, I will say we recently did an episode on this. It was one of the episodes I did while Jim was out with the plague, so it's just me. (laughs) It's not as good. But it is very useful materials, episode 73. So I won't hash this out too much here. But the short version is... Amazon will pay you a bounty for sending people to buy the book from them rather than from sending uh, your readers to one of their competitors. Now, here's the best thing about this all of their competitors have similar bounties. And so each one of them will pay you a little something something to send people to them. And so if you're using a tool like My Book Table or even just a regular page that you built by hand, if you put the affiliate links to each one of the competitors, regardless of what your customers click on, you get. Bonus money, and with stores like Amazon, they give you a cut of the cart. So if they buy your book and a digital camera, or and an iPhone case, or a new computer, or whatever of the like zillion things they can buy on Amazon, you get a percentage of those items too. So. They add your book to their cart and Amazon's like, you've added this $15 book to your cart. For $10 more, you can get free shipping. And they're like, ooh, I want free shipping. So suddenly they're piling all these things from Amazon into their cart. You get a percentage of all of that. And and the same is true for the other stores as well. So I break down the individual affiliate programs pros and cons, how to sign up for each one in episode 73. I encourage you to listen to that. But for traditionally published authors, often this is the only money they make, especially before their advance is filled out. They're making zero money off their book before the advance is filled out, except they're getting a check from Amazon every month saying, hey, thanks for sending folks our way. Uh, you sold you know, 20 copies of your books, two dishwashers, and uh, some diapers. <laughs> Here's a cut of all those things. So check that out, episode 73. And then finally, with all of these tips, it's so important to think career. You need, in terms of making money off of your book, you need to think beyond just the single book and think about all of your books and how your books can help promote your other books. So stringing your books in a series, putting your books into a common world, so Jim's books, uh, are starting to kind of come together in the single world where they're referencing each other in different ways. And <laughs> it, what's great about that is that it's all of these entries into this world of books. Each book is basically a shoot into this. Um, ball pit at like Chuck E. Cheese or something. This is a terrible metaphor, but it <laughs> rescue me, Jim. <laughs>
0: but Th- Thomas is right. What I have intentionally done this, and I realize there's some authors that write in multiple genres or you can't fit the world into the world. But what I have intentionally done in all my books is I've put these little Easter eggs so that if you're a fan of my books, you'll go, oh my gosh, he's referencing this book in that book. In the book that I just turned into my editor, which comes out in August, I make a reference to the coffee black fedora, which happens in the five times I met myself. So it's just a fun way to integrate all those books into the same world. So somebody that does enjoy the books, it feels cohesive. And that's thinking as a career rather than just one individual book. And one more thought on the whole career idea that, that it's a career is back to this idea of an umbrella, where everything else fits under you, the author, you, the brand, you are the business. Oftentimes on Shark Tank, you'll find the shark say, well, you've got a product here and it's selling, but it's not a business. It's a product. So if you think of your book as that's it, that's the business, that's not the correct way of thinking. You've got to think broader, that you've got this business called Thomas Umstead Jr. or James L. Rubart, and underneath that business are multiple products.
1: My company, Author Media, one of the things, we worked with lots of authors for years, building them websites, helping them market, helping them become career authors. And one of the tools that we developed was called My Book Table, uh, which is the sponsor of this show. And so we built My Book Table to help authors better monetize their books, better monetize their websites. And monetize is a fancy technical term for making more money out of. So we found that a lot of authors, they're not selling very many Books on their websites, and they weren't selling and they weren't making very much money on the books they were selling. So, we built My Book Table to help them sell more books, make buying the book easier, and to integrate with affiliate programs easily so that they can make more money, so they can get the royalty plus the bounty or plus the affiliate. And um, you can get you, there's a free version that it comes with many of the features. If you want to use your own affiliate codes, um, that's where the paid version comes in. And with the coupon code Novel Marketing, you can get 10% off on checkout at mybooktable.com. Today's featured
0: iTunes review comes from Roland Denzel. He is the author of Lose Weight Today. All you have to do is start. I like that. I love that subtitle. All you have to do is start. Uh, Roland says, great stuff. This podcast is gold. All authors should listen to these guys. I love Roland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, uh, Roland. and lose weight today. That's exactly what i what I want. So I, I may be checking out checking out your book. Uh, if you want your name featured in a future novel marketing podcast, all you have to do is leave us a review. It can even be a negative review. But we like the positive reviews as well. You can leave us a review at iTunes, and we really
0: appreciate that. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstad Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing, offline, online, and everywhere in between.